0: You're listening to The Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of The Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Golf Unfiltered Podcast, episode 203. This is Adam, your host, as always, from golfunfiltered.com. You can follow us on social media at golfunfiltered, and you can send us an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Hello to all our friends who helped make this podcast possible. First and foremost, the thehackersparadise.com. If you're listening to this on the THP mobile app, hello and thank you for your support over the last couple of years. Hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Strixon Golf. Folks, you know I've been playing their equipment throughout the 2019 season. Still love it, still playing well with it, and you'll be hearing a lot more about it on all of our social channels. And, of course, hello to our friends over at BudgetGolf.com. Budget Golf and the Hackers Paradise have an extremely fun event that are, that is coming up next week in the Chicagoland area. They call it the Sweep, and it's basically derived from the old game show Supermarket Sweep, if those of you who remember what that was. Basically, contestants have 60 seconds to go through the Budget Golf warehouse in Joliet, Illinois, grab as much stuff as they want, and there's some other great spins and twists and all sorts of stuff this year that you're going to be able to follow on the hackersparadise.com, but be sure to go out to budgetgolf.com to check out all their deals every single day. All right, folks, well, welcome back to the podcast. And before we get to this week's guest, which is none other than Mr. Sean Toulon, he is the senior vice president over at Callaway Golf. He's also the general manager at Odyssey Golf and the founder of Toulon Design. If you know anything about putters, you know the name of Sean Toulon. And, uh, we're going to talk a lot about the newest uh, technology from Odyssey Golf, which is the Stroke Lab line. You're seeing it all over the PGA Tour and other professional tours. I've had the chance to roll a few putts with a Stroke Lab putter over at the PGA Merchandise Show. Uh, hope to do so again very shortly, and Sean and I go pretty deep into that whole tech. Before we get into that, though, I just wanted to mention a couple things. So, obviously, this week, at the time of this recording, at least, it's been very. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz around social uh, regarding just truth and advertising, and this always goes with, you know, various websites releasing reports on whether it be you know new equipment or even the the golf report that comes out every year, the annual golf report from the National Golf Foundation. You know, a lot of people have questions about whether or not companies are being honest in their advertising. Now, I am not a marketing professional. Um, I do a little bit of it for my day job, but by no means would I consider myself an expert. But what I do know is that for the most part, there's always this mentality that a brand wants themselves to stick out among the group. And so I'm not going to say that brands are 100% honest all the time. I don't think anybody is 100% honest all the time. And I'm also not going to say that brands specifically or purposefully try to mislead the consumer. And I say that because, well, for one, I hope that's not true because I'm a consumer just like everyone else. And two, I don't really see any benefit in it, especially in today's social media day and age and the ability to find basically any data that you want, or at least speak to the people that would have that data at any given point. And the reason I bring that up is that I think it's very important uh, to talk about because uh, a few days ago, I actually put out on social in response to just kind of some of the themes that I've been hearing. Uh, I put out a poll on Twitter asking our followers, do you believe that major golf equipment brands are honest with consumers in their advertising? At the time of this recording, and the poll is still open, out of 186 votes, 76% of people answered no. 17% said unsure, and then 7% said yes. I find that to be pretty disheartening, actually, but it's not surprising, unfortunately. I'd like to know more about this, and I think we're going to talk more about this topic in the coming episodes, as well as perhaps on the website, golfandfilter.com, because I really want to dig deeper into this, because the folks that we bring on to this podcast, at least, you know, certainly most of them work in marketing. Uh, many of them work as, you know, in public relations and so on and so forth, and like even guests like today's guest uh, work, they basically founded the, uh, the piece of technology or equipment that we're talking about. Everybody wants to sell the product that they've just designed. Hell, I wanna sell the hats that we have on our website, which by the way, go out to the website and go to the GU merch link and check out the hats that we have for sale. That doesn't necessarily mean that these people are dishonest. And so I wanna put some definition around the idea of dishonesty in marketing. And I won't do that now, but I will do that in the coming weeks. Uh, And I want to get the right people on to talk about that a little bit further. So I just found that this was an interesting topic to open the show with. Um, But I also want to just segue, if I can, ever so painfully, into today's guest to let you know that you know this is a guy that you know I've had the opportunity to meet, uh, Mr. Tulon. Um, again, in Orlando earlier in the year, and super nice guy, obviously knows his stuff. That's just completely underselling him. I mean, he's he's absolutely a joy to, to meet with, and I only had the chance to speak with him for a very short amount of time, but he was extremely gracious. Uh, Mr. Tulon had the opportunity to show us a little bit more uh, about the Stroke Lab Putters you know right there in front of us, uh, which is really interesting. I've never had the chance to actually speak to the guy uh, who or speak to the designer of the product that we're talking about and showing it to us and describing it in detail right there before it actually was released to anyone else in the public. I mean, that was just a cool experience as I was down in Orlando helping out uh, my buddies over at THP. Sean and I go a little bit deep today in the Stroke Lab putters as well as just uh, putting in general, putter design. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. We even have the chance to answer a few questions from those of you who follow us uh, here on social or even on the the Hackers Paradise forum. So enough Bamblin from me. Be sure to go out and rate us five stars on iTunes, by the way. We love those reviews. We'll be right back with Mr. Sean Toulon after a short break.
1: Hi, this is Bill Hobson from the Four Golfers Network podcast. And as you and I enjoy this episode of Golf Unfiltered with my friend Adam, I'm reminded of an indisputable reality. We, as golfers, are nuts. We chase a small ball around the planet, spending thousands of dollars in the effort to get that ball into a tiny hole. We then yell at the ball and curse it when it doesn't listen, even though it can't listen, it's a ball. This insanity is all part of the magic of the game, and it's what we celebrate on the Four Golfers Network podcast every Monday when a fresh episode comes your way on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, you know, all the places. So after you finish listening to Adam today, I'd love to have you check out the Four Golfers Network podcast, that's F-O-R-E, where we celebrate the game with top-name guests and an exploration of the things about golf that both drive us crazy and bring us back for more.
2: I The ball is just sitting there, and I can't
1: hit it!
0: And welcome back, folks. As I mentioned at the top of the show, very excited to welcome the Senior Vice President at Callaway Golf, the General Manager of Odyssey Golf, and the founder of Toulon Design, Mr. Sean Toulon. Sean, thanks for uh, taking some time tonight to speak with us.
2: Yeah, great, Adam. Yeah, enjoy the uh, opportunity to speak, as always.
0: Obviously, a lot of chatter around not only amateur golf, but also pro golf regarding Stroke Lab, the amazing new putters coming out from Odyssey Golf. Obviously, you had a lot to say about the design of Stroke Lab. But before we get there, Sean, you know, obviously anyone who's played the game for more than five minutes knows the name of Sean Toulon. But why don't you let us know a little bit about your background in the game and your background over at Callaway and Odyssey?
2: Yeah. Well, I've been doing it for a long time, so so I guess it doesn't really feel like a long time. But I guess it's it's almost 35 years. So Hmm. right when I finished college, I started to work for um, at TaylorMade, and uh, you know, I've just always had a passion for the game, Adam. But you know, I think maybe even more important, I just I always just loved equipment, and I loved golfers, and uh, to be able to combine. You know, those things that you care so much about and be able to do it all day, every day. Um, it's still a job, but for, there's there's very few days where it really felt like it was a job. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I've been a lucky, lucky man.
0: And, you know, obviously why we're talking today is about the newest putters out of Odyssey, and that is Stroke Lab. I had the opportunity to get a close-up view, uh, along with you, of course, uh, of the putters in Orlando earlier this year. And a lot of people are talking about it because players like, you know, Phil Mickelson, Xander Schauffele, Francesco Molinari, they are using these putters in every round that they play. First and foremost, Sean, what was the intent behind the new design with Stroke Lab?
2: Well, the the intent, as it always is, is to help all golfers, whether it's a tour player, Adam, or the average golfer putt better. So, um... You know, when we really looked at the things that we had been working on, which I think a lot of people have been, it's really been head-centric. So, you know, I think a lot of companies, Callaway and Odyssey being uh, one, you know, we've looked at how do you create better forward roll because the ball coming off the face, and we really are beginning to understand launch conditions now for putters um, in much the same way that we do drivers. But we're trying to get that ball to roll forward as quickly as we can. Uh, So that's important. So we've developed – inserts and mechanisms that would help get the ball to roll forward better. And that certainly helps. Second part of it is we've really looked at alignment because most golfers, including tour players, are actually not very good at aligning. Um, So if we could help, and typically that's been done with some of these larger high MOI mallets Mm -hmm. uh, that are very forgiving, but also have big alignment aids, balls, two balls, um, long lines, whatever it might be. And that has helped, but what became really frustrating for all of us. Um, and I'd say a lot of the research was really driven by Austin Rawlinson was, you know, if they're not getting better, what's in the way. And when we really got into it, it became so fundamental. It's just like one of those things. It's like, duh, <laughs> when you looked at the consistency of a golfer's stroke, um, it was it, quite frankly, it was horrible. So um, there were just so many things that were not repeating. Um, And golf is all about having predictable results. As soon as you hit a shot, you're trying to predict and control where the ball ends up. And if you can't do that, golf becomes pretty difficult. And with putting, it's the same thing. And the number one thing is golfer's strokes have to get more repeatable. So that was really the genesis of the idea uh, driven by Austin, then we had to look into different ways and mechanisms that we thought maybe could help that.
0: And one of the ways that you've attempted to to do that for golfers, as I understand it, Sean, is making the, the golf shaft and the putter therefore lighter in general. And I understand that the new Stroke Lab shaft is a full 40 grams lighter. Uh, does that go into yep. trying to make that consistent stroke?
2: Yeah, it does. So the first thing we had to do, Adam, is Try to get at the what, the crux of the problem. What is causing this inconsistency? So we started to really study um, the way putters have been built for the last forty or, or 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 even fifty years. And if you go back into the late seventies, early eighties, when Ping was really dominant in the putter game, um, those putter heads weighed about two hundred ninety grams, and the shafts were light. Uh, or, or sorry, were stiff mm-hmm. and the grip was very skinny and light, and the overall swing weight of those putters were in the, you know, high B's to low C's. Hmm. Then, as as agronomy really began to evolve, um, green speeds got a lot faster. So remember, Adam, the first time uh, I can tell you, I do. I remember the first time. I was in a high school match and somebody said on the way to the golf course that the greens were going to stimp at 10 (laughs) and I, I I almost started to hyperventilate in the car. Oh my gosh, what are we going to (laughs) do? Right. And now you don't really hyperventilate until somebody tells you they're 15. Mm -hmm. So, and what's happened is green speeds have gotten so much faster. Head weights have gotten a lot heavier because golfers don't want to take a real big stroke. Um, so, okay. So now head weights, Fast forward, have gotten to around 360 grams or so. That's a full, you know, 50, 60, 70 grams heavier than where they used to be. The grip then, in about 2012, went through a radical transformation, really led by SuperStroke. So these big, bigger, um, fatter grips um, are actually. Much, much lighter than a traditional putter grip was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where they used to be 70, 80, 90 grams, now all of a sudden they're high 40s, low 50s. So now, if you think about it, you've got this head that's gotten really heavy, a grip that's gotten really light, the shaft has stayed in the same, um, that stayed the same, weighs about 115 grams. Now these swing weights aren't C something, they're F something. Hmm. And what's happened, the inconsistency was really driven. By the head getting incredibly heavy, and the shaft really not changing. So we said, "Heck with it. We gotta, we gotta start from scratch, and we gotta re, totally rebalance and reimagine the balance and weight of a putter." So that's really where the idea came from. So we took, if you think about it, if I wanted to make something more forgiving, a head let's say, because I think um, your listeners will really get this. Sure. So if we wanted to increase the MOI, the moment of inertia of the head, the tricks we would do is we would make it bigger. We would take weight out of the middle and move it to the edges. We probably would move weight lo- lower, further back. And now the, the club head would be more forgiving, more resistant to twisting on off-center shots. So we took that same thought into the entire club. Gosh, what if we could actually improve – the entire MOI of the putter itself, not just the head. So we looked at the shaft and said, okay, it weighs 115 or 120 grams. What if we had it so it weighed a lot less and we took that weight from the center and we moved some to the butt end and some to the head end of it, Um, the inertia would go up and we'd be able to do some things quite differently. So,
0: Sean, that's really interesting. One of the things you mentioned was uh, in regard to green speed changing over time, right. as ergonomics kind of changed over time, uh, as all technology changes over time. And so we have to kind of keep up with that, especially in golf. Uh, you know, with Stroke Lab and keeping in mind the different weights throughout the club, you were talking a little bit about MOI. And so as we focus more on the golf shaft, which I believe you know companies are beginning to focus more on. You know, how does that impact MOI, if at all, or how does it work together with the other components of the club to increase MOI?
2: Right. Yep. So I think, Adam, um, and forgive me if, if, if I'm reiterating a little bit here, but the biggest culprit for the inconsistency is that head weights have just gotten way too heavy mm-hmm. um, for the rest of the components. And that's that's really what was sort of driving our curiosity. And so when we looked at the shaft um, and the shaft's weighing, you know, it always weighed 115 or 20 grams and it never changed. Um, but now when you're – so if you look at – you're going to hang a, a weight at the end of a tube. Mm-hmm. So if the head weight – the head itself is the weight uh, and, and the shaft is the tube – Imagine if it's the same tube and you're hanging 290 on one end of it, 290 grams, and then you take that off and you put 360 grams on the same tube. That tube is going to react very, very differently. So, Mm -hmm. um, one, we knew knew for sure we had to do some work there, but what we wanted to do to, to really be able to begin to improve the consistency of a golfer's motion, in this case a putting stroke, um, we felt like we could improve the moment of inertia, or the stability, or forgiveness, if you will, mm-hmm. of the entire club. So if that shaft weighs 115 or 20 grams, it's got a bunch of trapped weight. We could effectively make that much lighter. In this case, 75, and move the 40 grams a little bit into that head, so the head weights are 360 to 365, and then take the grip and and the, a weight that goes inside the grip. Um, and And get that to weigh about one hundred and five grams, so we're basically doing the same thing we would be doing if you asked me to make a head more forgiving. I'd make it bigger mm-hmm. and I'd move weights to the edges. And so we effectively have done that, kept the weight out took the weight out of the middle of the shaft, put it on the grip end and on the head end, but kept the and this is really the important part. we've also kept the overall weight almost exactly the same so hmm. the problem with counterbalancing which a lot of people would say well that uses counterbalancing no not really because counterbalancing um the, the the shaft hasn't changed so all you've done is you've made the whole putter a lot heavier um right and for almost all golfers from 15 feet and outside counterbalanced putters are very difficult to control distance with
0: and that's funny that you mentioned the counterbalance question, that because that that is something that I've heard a lot, and and that is a misconception, yeah. which I think you've you've kind of explained really well. And so, just to kind of reiterate for the listeners, what Stroke Lab is, it would not be categorized as counterbalance if I understand you correctly.
2: Yeah, I would I would say, and we do say it's a total rebalance. So mm. a lot of these counterbalance. So if you were to take a, so typically a counterbalanced head. Will a putter will have a head that weighs around 400 grams? It'll have a, a grip and a weight of some sort that probably weighs at least 150 grams, and then a shaft in the middle that could weigh, you know, anywhere from 115 to 200 grams. So, you know, what you have now is you have a bludgeon. <laughs> so, I mean, that that thing is gonna you you could kill somebody with that thing. So, now for somebody that's you know, that's a really, really jittery or, or it might be inflicted with that word. Um, you know, that can help on shorter putts to some, uh, but for the most part, it, it, it's not helping golfers. So um, what we thought is is this, a golf club is, is a really important component in creating your swing and has a lot of influence on what your swing actually turns out to be, whether it's a full swing or a putt. Hmm. Uh, or, um, so if, and if I give you the wrong piece of equipment, you will try to figure out a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, or if I gave you a different piece of equipment, you're going to, let me say it a different way. If I gave you a certain piece of equipment, you're going to try to figure out how to make that work. Right. And you can do that in a way that's, that's beneficial to your golf swing or putting stroke or in a way that is really counterproductive. So we
0: opted, this will shock everybody, to try to make it counterproductive. (laughs) That's very interesting. (laughs) And I I actually remember, so I follow you on Twitter, obviously, and and I noticed you were talking a little bit about that this morning. And I think that's really important because I don't think the listeners, you know, really think about how the putting stroke can really help define even your overall golf game. I mean, uh, that's a really interesting point that you bring up.
2: Yeah. But I just, I mean, think about it. If let's say that, and it's why custom fitting is, is, is so important. So it's not uncommon for somebody to to be playing golf with a set of irons where a lie angle is off by three degrees. So let's say, um, with a seven iron that let's say a golfer hits a seven iron 160 or 65 yards Mm -hmm. now. Um, and let's say it's three degrees too flat for a golfer. So it's, that means the start line, unless you've done something in your golf swing to interfere, the start line is going to start out way to the right from 170 yards. It's going to be about 15 to 16 or 17 yards offline. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing, Adam, the average golfer is going to watch all of his golf balls go to the right, <laughs> uh, 15, 16, 17. So what do you think is going to happen? They're either going to strengthen their grip and try to flip it because they've got to figure out a way to get the club face more square Mm -hmm. or they're going to start to aim way left, right? Right. So there's a case where the golf club is creating some really bad habits in your golf swing. The same thing happens in putting. Hmm. So all we've done with Stroke Lab is we've put everything back into a balance where the golfer now can control the club head and what we're seeing is a dramatic improvement in a golfer's ability to control the consistency of the length of his backstroke which is massively important in controlling distance. The position of the club face uh, at the end of the backstroke is like 15 or 16% more consistent. So that means as the club face, as you transition now on your forward stroke, the amount of rotation that you need to to, um, have to get it back to where you want at impact is much more controllable. Mm -hmm. Your face angle at impact, which is pretty much everything, it's 13 or 14 percent more, uh, more consistent. So all of these things start to go, you know, in, in sort of a chain reaction, and it's really simple. It just it makes you a better putter, almost immediately, and that's why we're seeing, you know, we probably had 10 or 12 wins at least mm-hmm. worldwide already with it, and literally every every week now we have, you know, over a hundred of these in play on worldwide tours, and the number grows every week, and it's just it's really simple. The best players in the world are doing it because they they putt better, and their performance is is improved, and that's what the game is all about for them.
0: I thought for sure Francesco Molinari was not going to miss a putt the entire day at the Masters. (laughs) I mean, he was just making everything. It was just incredible. Um, But one thing I wanted to get to really quick, Sean, and this is kind of the... This is for the golf tinkerers out there like myself and those listening. Uh, they're going to ask the the obvious question of, okay, well what happens then if this if the Stroke Lab putter or any putter for that matter is so uh, you know, coordinated in terms of balance, what happens when I have to change like the grip or I want to change the grip? Uh, how would you recommend at least for Stroke Lab that process uh, how how do you recommend that process goes into effect? Is that something that you go back to yeah. a fitter for or is that something we can do in our basement?
2: You know, you, you can. It's a little bit tricky because the, there's – so if you take the – here's the, the way the math works. Mm-hmm. You want the grip um, and the the weight that goes in the butt end of the shaft to weigh around 105 grams. If you're somewhere around 100 to 110, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the important thing is that you know what the weight of the grip is that you want to put on. So if it's – obviously if it's 80 grams – you're going to want to have um, around 25 grams of weight that goes in the butt end of that. Mm -hmm. So um, those are things that um, we're happy to help you with. If, um, if that's something that a golfer wants, we're getting some, um, some questions on that and some requests for that. Quite frankly, it's been very little to this point. I think most golfers have really liked the grips that we selected and put on there. But you know, there's, we're, we're definitely getting some, and we want to help golfers if if they want to try to um, putt with a different grip.
0: And that's something that is has always been consistent with Odyssey and Callaway. I mean, you guys have always been willing to work with the golfer at any level in order to you know be able to customize the the tools that they're using for the game that they love. And Sean, you mentioned something yep. a little bit about the uh the reception from pro players and obviously you know we're seeing stroke lab everywhere not only on the pga tour but as you mentioned on tours worldwide i'd imagine that yeah. because of the game or the games that these players feature they probably have some some requests <laughs> for the customization of of the, even their stroke lab putters what are some of the uh things that you're hearing from the the elite players in terms of whether or not to add weight anything of that nature
2: yeah, I, you know um, it's it's been anything from, um, and it's interesting because I have pretty good feedback on this because Joe Toulon, who happens to be my uh, middle son, mm-hmm. is uh, the Odyssey tour rep on the PGA Tour. So, um, so all the everything that goes through there. I mean, I talk to him probably three, four times a day when he's out on tour, uh, which is pretty much every week. I would say sixty or seventy percent of them are just totally stock um about a 360 or 365 gram weight head um the 115 gram weight shaft hmm. and then you know a grip um whatever the grip could be that certainly could change but the, the with the grip and the the grip weight adding up to 105 we had we do have some that have filled with that a little bit fill being one of those and and um, to be honest with you, I don't know what Phil has now. Mm-hmm. Phil, Phil does Phil things, as you might imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so, I, yeah, so I don't know if he's got 80 grams under that grip or if he's got 25, but he's got something. <laughs> um, but the, but the, 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 combination, the, the the comment that we hear more often than anything is, I feel something different. I don't really know exactly what it is, but I like it. Um, and the people that have been able to really articulate it, um, have said, you know what? I can feel that it feels like it's a little bit lighter in the head. And I think a lot of that is, is because the swing weights in some cases have gotten quite a bit lighter for these golfers, uh, than maybe what their normal gamer has been. So I guess what I would say for the listeners, it would be this. Um, if you want to putt better, you have to make some changes. And even though this may feel a little bit different, you can go back to a traditionally weighted putter or a putter that weighs exactly like what you have, and you're going to get the exact result more than likely that you have now. So if you want to, if you want to try to improve, you're going to have to try something different. And um, I, I would also say that the adjustment period for this has been remarkably fast. So uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I wouldn't be afraid of it. And that's Plus, you don't
2: want to putt better.
0: Well, right. I mean, if you want to putt better, you do have to try something <laughs> new. I mean, if what's the definition right. of insanity, right? If you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, but exactly. But what, what's really interesting is you just mentioned, um, you know, uh, players wanting to make a change. They need to do something different. And they want to compare it, of course, human nature to what they are currently playing when a listener or consumer goes into, whether it be a fitting studio, pro shop, wherever, brick-and-mortar store, you know, do you recommend that they bring their current gamer in with them and compare it to Stroke Lab, or do you go in, open mind, go into the fitter and say, look, fit me to what you think works best for me?
2: I think both, are both, both can work. I think um, if you can bring your putter in, uh, I would do that for sure. And let's look at it. So, um, over the past, oh, I would say now almost two years, we've spent a tremendous amount of time, uh, whether it's on the phone or or face-to-face, with Phil Kenyon, who, um, you know, he would be the putting guru right now, and and I think he's going to be the putting guru for a long, long time, because he really, he isn't really, he isn't a method guy. He wants to make Adam the best putter he can make you, Adam, Mm -hmm. and whatever that might be. So... What what Phil has been able to do um, with a guy like Francisco Molinari is let's take a look at what you got. Um, let's try to understand what your misbiases are or what what the issues might be, and then let's let's start to go through a process and see if we can find you something um, that, that will take your consistency and I, that I I would use another word your predictability uh, quotient. Let's see if we can get that to improve. And with Francisco working with with Phil Kenyon, it was just like, well, this is a no-brainer. I have to go stroke lab. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was in a uh Toulon Madison, and his numbers just got dramatically better. So, I bring your bring your current putter. If you don't have it, then I would say offer yourself up to the fitter and just say, help help me get better. And uh, whatever that is, I would. Um, if you find something that's better. Um, and you're, you would be one of those people that said, I am a golfer and golf is important to me. I would buy whatever would make you better.
0: It's very sound advice and certainly something that I think everyone should take into account. Definitely. And it sounds like even with the example that you, you brought up with, uh, Molinari, you know, Sean, I would be remiss if I didn't at at least ask a question because he's a obviously mm. a very high profile guy, and he just had a very yep. high profile win last year. And then we noticed that he made yep. the switch to Stroke Lab. Uh, was and you may have already mentioned this in your previous answer, but what was that process? Just at a high level, getting uh, Molinari in, and then it, was it just a matter of seeing the benefits right off out of the gates of Stroke Lab to make the switch?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and he worked worked with Phil Kenyon um, and uh, a little bit with uh, uh, my son Joe and uh, our tour rep in in Europe. His name uh, is uh, Seamus Sweeney, who is just phenomenal. But I would say between the three of them, but largely his work with Phil Kenyon Mm -hmm. um, at Phil's studio in, in England, it's just, he just saw, it's, well the, the numbers are just better and they weren't a little bit better they were a lot better so um it's like well i i have to switch and you know and he did well with his putter before let's you know let's sure. not forget but
0: um but his putting stats are, are pretty dramatically improved i would say so definitely and listeners once again we are talking to mr sean tulan uh sean uh thank you again so much for taking some time out of your very busy schedule, especially now with all these people playing so well with Stroke Lab putters. Greatly appreciate your time. But I have one final question from you, and this comes from our mutual friend of JB. And he would be very mad if I didn't ask this. (laughs) Which team (laughs) will win the Odyssey Experience event that THP is hosting? Is it going to be your team or Luke Williams? I would
2: say um, this will go down as one of the great landslide smackdowns in the history of thp events oh, uh, honestly at this I, I i've already sent um luke um a card offering my condolences to just the beat down that he's going to take so <laughs> um i think uh, team design uh I, I just i apologize in advance for what we're going to do to that other team cuz it's it's going to be so bad that I'm I'm sort of
0: a, I'm I'm kind of afraid that they may not even show up for the second round. <laughs> well, you know, I knew uh, that the smack talk and the trash talk in Callaway and the Callaway family is, is second to none. I, I just, I love every time that there's the opportunity. So uh, we look forward to seeing well, the live events uh, thread stay, on that one.
2: Stay tuned to this thread because I think
0: it's going to heat up. Uh, Lucas told me what he's
2: up to. So um, <laughs> I think we'll have some fun over the next week or so. Really looking forward to meeting all my teammates and, and and, uh, building those guys a putter that's going to be incredible
0: because of their victory. Sean, once again, thanks so much for coming on the show this week. Uh, Congratulations with Stroke Lab and the early success. I hope we can do this again soon.
2: Yeah, it's been lots of fun, Adam, and I just want to say to you and JB and and everybody at THP, it's an awesome community there. Uh, We love it, and uh, thank you for the support that all of you have given us.